48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Chamblay. The top stories. The chief executive rejects suggestions that her administration asked too much for a rare residential site on the peak. A former planning department official calls the planned artificial island proposal off Lantau shocking and crazy. And the MTR says initial checks suggest that yesterday's transport chaos wasn't caused by human error or testing of a new system. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has hit back against claims that the government set too high a price for a rare residential site on the peak after a land tender was withdrawn yesterday because no developer placed a high enough bid for it. Timmy Sung has details. The 18,000 square meter site on Mansfield Road was the first site on the peak that the government has put out to tender in eight years and was expected to fetch over $40 billion. But even though five bids from major developers were placed, none met the government's reserve price. A fact that some commentators say is proof that the asking price was unrealistically high. But the chief executive rejected this, telling reporters that such an assessment is plain wrong. She said while some claim that the government has set the reserve price two months ago without taking into account the later situation, the Lands Department actually set the reserve price on the morning that the tender closed on Friday last week. Ms. Slam also hit back against an unnamed developer who complained that the government had not taken into account how a proposed tax on vacants and so flats would affect market sentiment before setting the reserve price. I think the idea is even harder to fathom, she said. She said the aim of the vacancy tax is to get new flats to be sold as soon as possible and she can't see any direct correlation between the proposed tax and reserve prices. But developers have also had a very unique way of viewing the market and setting prices, she added. The chief executive also stressed that the government does not have a high land premium policy, but it will not sell any sites at a knockdown price. Mrs. Lam also said the overwhelming response to the latest batch of home ownership scheme flats reflects the strong demands of Hong Kongers to become homeowners. She said the government will continue to provide affordable housing to the people. A former assistant director of the planning department has challenged the reasoning behind the government's plan to create a massive artificial island east of Lantau Island to help address the city's housing shortage. Augustine Ng described the proposal as not only shocking but crazy. He said reclaiming an area of 1,700 hectares in the middle of the sea is inflexible, adding that there are other alternatives that Hong Kong can consider. He spoke after appearing on a radio program. I'm not only shocked. I think this is a crazy idea. In the middle of nowhere, once you pour the first bucket of sand, it's a river of no return. What I'm concerned is a plan like this is not flexible. And we are now at the peak, okay, at the peak of a boom, and we are all too obsessed with go, go, go. If there is a sudden downturn in our economy, can we say, stop, stop, stop? Can we say that? I'm afraid this is a bad plan. The chief executive proposed the Lantau Tomorrow Vision project in last week's policy address, and thousands of people have already taken to the streets in protest against the plan. A supporter of the plan, the R Hong Kong Foundation think tank, told the same radio program that the proposed reclamation area is the best site for the reclamation. It also said surrounding islands can serve as a buffer to weaken swells caused by typhoons. 
The MTR Corporation says initial investigations suggest that the testing of a new signaling system and human error were not to blame for the large-scale breakdown of four urban lines yesterday. The Chief of Operations Engineering, Tony Lee, told an RTHK program that engineers had managed to switch back to the existing system after testing the new one overnight, and the two systems are not connected. But he said they noticed computers in different sectors of the lines had tried to synchronize while transmitting a lot of data to each other, and that caused instability. Mr. Lee said they believe the problem may be caused by the program settings, and engineers have now isolated the computers used for the four rail lines. The Transport Secretary, Frank Chan, has said the government will follow up on the breakdown, but declined to say how much the MTR will be fined for the six-hour disruption. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. However, Civic Party lawmaker Tanya Chan says the explanation has just added to the confusion. She insisted the rail operator should stop its signaling system upgrade until the work is clearly ruled out as the cause of the disruption. His answer is a bit technical, but at the same time, I couldn't understand why there was a sudden increase of signals sending from within the system. I think that's, uh, that's the problem or that's the question that I have because I assume that these uh, sudden increase of signals happened during the testing of uh, the uh, upgraded signaling of system. So I don't know when it happened. And no information in detail has been provided by this representative. It is also definitely not satisfactory. President Trump has sought to defend Saudi Arabia from what he said was a campaign to condemn it over the disappearance of a Saudi journalist, Jamal Khashoggi, before all the facts were known. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. Amidst growing Republican anger at Riyadh, the president criticized the global condemnation of Saudi Arabia for the disappearance of Jamal Khashoggi. Here we go again, he said. You're guilty until proven innocent. Donald Trump has speculated that rogue killers might be to blame, a feeling he said he got from speaking to the Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman. The managing director of the International Monetary Fund, Christine Lagarde, has postponed a trip to the Middle East, where she was due to attend an investment conference in Riyadh, the so-called Davos in the Desert. New research into life expectancy around the world suggests that China will move up the rankings with the average lifespan increasing by six more years to 82 years by 2040. In contrast, it expects Americans will live only one additional year. The BBC's Sophie Hutchinson has more. The report published in the health journal The Lancet looked at 79 different health risks, including smoking, sanitation and air pollution, to calculate lifespans in 2040. At the top of the rankings is Spain, with people there expected to live on average until they're almost 86 years old. That's closely followed by Japan, Singapore and Switzerland. China's expected to jump up the table from an average lifespan of 76 to almost 82 years by 2040. But America is to drop down, with Americans living on average just one additional year. Sport pressures mounting on Germany's coach Joachim Lowe after a 2-1 defeat by world champions France in Paris in the UEFA Nations League. Antoine Griezmann hit a pair of second-half goals, including the winner from the spot, as France recovered from falling behind to a Toni Kroos penalty to inflict a sixth defeat on Germany in their past ten matches. Here's Joachim Lowe. I think we were almost at the same level as the team, which we can say is probably the best team in the world right now. 
I can also say in the first half we could have gone to 2-0, but France has a lot of individual qualities, and if we don't pay attention, we are already punished. That's what happened to us. Even if I have to say that the score 2-1, the penalty is completely unfair. The result leaves France four points clear at the top of their group, while Germany has to hope other results go their way if they're to avoid relegation. Elsewhere in the league, the Republic of Ireland lost 1-0 at home to Wales with a 20, with 21-year-old Harry Wilson scoring the winner from a free kick. Wales boss Ryan Giggs said his young team met the challenge of playing without stars like Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. It's not easy when you're missing quality players like that and you know there have been results where not gone our way um, without Gareth and, and Aaron. Um, so it's a chance for the players to come in and prove that that's not the case going forward. Um, and they did that tonight. Um, you know, we played some really good stuff. But the thing I'm most proud about is that clean sheet, that, that will to, to defend and um, put their bodies on the line. Tennis, Roger Federer is aiming for 100 career titles and says he still enjoys the game despite being on the older side. Here's how he sees the future. Average retirement age, I guess it's 32, 33 years old. Maybe, if that, and I'm 37, so um, I understand if they call me old. In life, I'm still young, but as a tennis player, I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm definitely on the older side, and I had to get used to it, to be quite honest, you know. When I came on the tour, I'm playing the likes of Agassi and sharing the locker rooms with Carlos Moya and Tim Henman and Pete Sampras, and those are the guys I knew from TV, right? Yeah. So you have to switch your mind around a little bit and appreciate that, uh, uh, that the young generation is knocking on the door now, and is really excited to play against you. To end the news, our top stories once again. The chief executive rejects suggestions that her administration asked too much for a rare residential site on the peak. A former planning department official calls the planned artificial island proposal off Lantau shocking and crazy. And the MTR says initial checks suggest yesterday's transport chaos wasn't caused by human error or testing of a new system. The news from RTHK.
Oh